Welcome to Growing Up Beverly Hills. I'm Stacy. And I'm David. Stacy and I grew up together in Beverly Hills during the 70s and 80s. Forget what you've seen on TV and in the movies. We're here to bring you the true stories of the people who grew up in Beverly Hills. Our guests range from the rich and famous to those growing up south of the tracks. But they all have had their ups and downs, and they all have a story to tell. Please join in on the conversation by following us on Facebook and Instagram, where we also do pop-up chats. Give us a five-star rating and subscribe. We need your help and support. To keep on growing up Beverly Hills. Hello, Stacy. Hey, David. In this episode, we talked to Eden Sassoon. So true. We knew her sister, Kati, in high school, and we have many friends in common, but we didn't know Eden before this. Yeah, I felt like I had a strong connection with her right away. Me too. She's just so friendly and so open. It was amazing. She talks about her famous father, the amazing Vidal Sassoon, and her mother, who was a Hollywood actress, Beverly Adams. She owned a hair salon, Pilates studios, and even did a season on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's not afraid to talk honestly about the big issues and has her own podcast about sobriety called the Redeem Yourself Podcast. It's so awesome, especially if you're trying to stay sober. Or just want some entertainment. Right. She talks about her whole life and is so candid that I'm sure you'll enjoy. Let's listen. Eden Sassoon, welcome to Growing Up Beverly Hills. We are thrilled to have you on today. Good to see you. Thank you for having me, both of you. And this topic, what a fabulous, fun, interesting, ha-ha topic. (laughs) (laughs) Ha-ha is right. (laughs) One we all know well, and we can't wait to hear your take on it, Eden. Oh, God. I'm ready to give you whatever comes out, because that's how it works. That's what we thought, Eden. We felt that we'd have a good one with you. So we're so excited to talk to you today. And I guess we'll start, David, let's start with the first question. Well, we always like to talk about how your parents got to Beverly Hills in the first place. Your mom was from Canada, right? Yes, she was uh, a nice, wholesome Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) And then she decided to become an actress in Los Angeles. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And then she, they moved to Burbank. Uh-huh. Uh, and mom just sort of got, I mean, she was, I guess grandma put her into pageants. That was mm. the thing back then. Right. Um, and she was stunning and she continued to win. And I guess on one pageant, um, there were some producers or I don't know what, maybe scouts at the time. And they're like, we would want her for this movie. And from that point on the studios, uh, got her, took her, signed her. And she had a big career going until da-da-da-da. She goes to London for a film and goes to get her haircut at like the greatest place, you know, in the world at the time. I mean, who doesn't get their haircut by Vidal soon? And she's like looking around and they come up and they're like, well, Miss Beverly Adams, Mr. Sassoon would like to cut your hair. And she's like, oh, well. <laughs> and then she always says, little did he know that that was the most expensive haircut he'll ever have. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth, right? I'm like, oh, mom, that's funny. So, I mean, they, within, after that that haircut, uh, there's some really cute, interesting stories that I, that she's telling me now. And within, you know, about six weeks, they were said and done. Wow. So was that really the impetus for him to move to LA? No, the company was already moving. 
Okay. She ha- I mean, maybe the stars aligned, obviously they did. Uh-huh. Uh, and it kind of was, they moved to New York prior. So mom okay. was in LA. They met in London from London. The company moved to New York when they moved mm. to New York. My sister Katia was born. My brother Elon was born and I was born. And when I was six months old is when they both decided not, but by the grace of, you know, the yeah. company, it's time to move to LA. And that's when everything changed yeah, at that point. Right. Um, and and here we come, Beverly Hills. <laughs> I remember the house. It was actually our first house was the down and out. They used it down and out in Beverly Hills. The movie. Was oh. it? Yeah, oh. so it was on Bedford on the corner. I think it was eight oh two. I want to say. I remember for some reason you had a house near Coldwater Park. We did right across, right across the it. street on the corner, and that yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. yeah I, those are for the most part where all my you know core core memories come from. Yeah, yeah. Um, on my torture. Um, (laughs) Give us a little backstory on your dad. I mean, his story is just so amazing, really going Uh, from nothing to everything. Such a good man. He literally, um, you know, orphanage because grandma Mm -hmm. couldn't, couldn't raise him and his brother. And this is where they'd be safe during that time in the war. Yeah. And his father left him in the orphanage. Dad ran away to his father. His dad immediately took him back and dropped him off. And that was the last they ever saw of each other. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then grandma would come visit once a month. And it was dad and Ivor, his brother. And I think it was for a good five years. This is how he lived. Um, so he played a lot of sports, which is where he found like his his comfort, you know, right. was in, in through physical fitness. And that led into till, till the end. And then uh, I can't even, I can't even imagine when he got out, it was, went back to grandma and they lived in uh, like a one bed, you know, they had nothing. Um, And he would kind of ride the bike, his bike during the streets and deliver newspapers or throw them out. And at the time it was, you know, very anti, anti Jews. And so he then, as he got started getting older, started kind of fighting for the, the rights of his people. Yeah. And then finally took off and went to Israel and fought in the Israeli army for, you know, Israel to become state. And, yep. um, Incredible. yeah. And then he kind of came back and was like, well, now what? Uh, and grandma said she had a premonition that he would be a hairdresser. He was <laughs> like, wait, no, please. No, <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what? And mm-hmm. so he loved architecture, but he, she took him. So he would start to sweep and do the floors and, and the, the gentleman that he worked with at the time saw this in him, this, this sort of the way that he opened the door for his mother and this polite, yeah. you know, wanting more. And so he's like, oh, you know what, you don't have the money. I, I kind of got it covered and he started that craft. And he was working at a really big hair salon in London, right? At that time, yeah. Well, yeah. What, was, what was the gentleman? Sorry, Dad, I'm completely butchering your story, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's not one to be butchered. But uh, I mean, so anyone who is listening, by all means, watch the documentary and or get the autobiography or call me, and I'll give it to you because it's incredible. Both, and, it's amazing. Watch yeah. the documentary. My grandfather was working on a film in London at that time, and my grandmother spent a year or two there, and she would go to that salon, and she uh, remembers. She remembers your dad <laughs> from that time. Uh, tell her, David. She he Vidal washed me, her me. Vidal washed her hair uh, when he was before he was even a hairdresser. Yeah, so something he like was that. A young boy, young yeah. with David's God. grandmother. That's so cool. I can't even imagine. Cause, I mean, and I love hearing those stories because it kind of you you get the, the the feeling of what he was kind of built up. How he to connected be. everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 she yeah. could remember that. 
So he must have made an impression. He did, you know, and you hear stories all throughout and he, and well, and I will tell you, like he, you meet Batman and you have a conversation and it's one that you don't, you just don't forget. He just yeah. has this energy and he's listening and he cares and he's interested and very present. Yeah, um, I was going to say he sounded present. <laughs> yeah, very, very. Beverly Hills had a lot of hairdressers, but not all of them became successful entrepreneurs. What was that spirit in him? Yeah. Oh, God. You know, I think it, it was it was in New York prior to coming to L.A. Um, there wasn't as, as much money involved in what in the, what mom and dad were were doing. And he would be up all night thinking, you know, and now I have three kids and mm-hmm. how do I do this? And he knew that just with his hands, he couldn't create what he right. what he saw. And so at the time, it was like, OK, the next the next thing was one, you know, teaching a team. So creating the education for what was to come and what is Sassoon as we know it, Um, which I don't necessarily know that, especially generations today, they don't realize really where the foundation of hairdressing came from. Correct. Uh, Cutting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so he, he started that and he knew that by, you know, teaching one and one and one and what, that it could go global. Wow. And keeping that education alive, hopefully for a very long time, things are, things are shifting. But And then a product line. A product sure. line would be the next best way to make money while you're sleeping, is what he yeah. always said. Um, make money while you're sleeping. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But he that must have his- never slept because it became right. part of product line. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, right? Oh, God, yeah. It, and then it, and that's when, when coming to uh, L.A., that's the products and the schools yep. and everything just like at once just Loaded. took off. Yeah. How so, old were you when it really took off? Well, I was six months when we moved here. So that was the beginning of. Yeah. of uh, and the yeah. shampoos and that whole line started the same time. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much was like in, in the brew. So it almost was like an explosion of success. I mean, yeah. We all remember watching it. I mean, I would just remember even back in my mom was a hairdresser. I'm a daughter of a hairdresser. Not quite be dull. But you know, the angled haircuts and and the precision. And I remember just it was so important for hairdressers to study what he did. I mean, he created an entire art and an entire world. So cheers to your father. Um, and, he, he, and he always, he said, I wish I had another original idea. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Where'd you come up with the first one? Yeah. Oh, or the taglines right? that he had. Or, I, I mean, mean, those so were brilliant too. too. Yeah. Just, I was thinking about it and we had a lot of people with famous parents, but not with the exposure of your father. Cause sure. you know, somebody back then was on TV maybe once a week or in a movie once a year, but your dad, we saw in commercials, all you know, the time. Do you every remember second, those days, right? <laughs> yeah. And then we'd have the shampoo bottle in our oh, shower, yeah, in your shower. Which, shower with the name on yeah. it. Oh, yeah, the brown yeah. bottle. I mean, yeah, I and the, everyone's the smell and oh. it, it, yeah. I mean, they created a, a, a lifestyle brand that dad dad was with you everywhere you know you went, and, it's, and it made you feel like, oh, if you don't look good, we don't look good. You just yeah, women sure. started to feel sexy, and then and then ooh, men. Yeah, men wanted that. And it just was part of creating for coming out of the 60s, you know, like it was part of how we were. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's hitting me now that your family might have been one of the first of a full lifestyle brand ever really done. 
they were ahead of their time because it, yeah. was, it was health and beauty and fitness. And dad was yeah. very much into Pilates and, and right. his body. And he would have wheat germ and eggs. He was always going to like Switzerland or these places where the, oh, that's where my mom and dad, he asked her to marry him on a walk at a health farm. Right. Oh, after really? They, yeah. I'm like, mom, you should have known that. Run. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were uh, at a health farm, which I love. I love because so many of his, his qualities obviously are like inbred in me, which is good and bad. Yeah. for sure. But he just, they were just had this thing that if you, they have a book called the year of health and beauty, and it was on the uh, top 10 bestsellers that was ahead of its time. And you look back now and you're like, wow, this is very much things that then nobody was really doing, but now it's very like ABC, you know, now, mm-hmm. but how wonderful. And who did we look to for, you know, if we have questions and fitness and I mean, my mom's stunning and my dad, yeah. such, such charisma and pizzazz that, you know, in a very humble way that they were, I think a really positive influence for, for so many people. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. What age were you when you kind of realized who your family was and were kids were using your shampoo? And- yeah, you know, I was going to say probably 45. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. It wasn't. No, I, but see, it was, it, I don't know. It was right out of the, right out of the gate, but it was always like that. They looked to my dad with this sense of like, oh my, like this they had questions and, and he was so humble. And so it was really for me, this pure essence of respect. It wasn't like, Oh, I, I'm a sausage. None of that. Right. I didn't, that wasn't how I rolled or grew up. Never. There wasn't a big ego on my shoulder. I was like, yeah, I, that just didn't, I mean, my sister was the first child and and I think, and she had a huge heart too. She, but she might've been impacted and affected a little bit more with, holy shit, my family's, you know, one of the more well-known families in, in of our time then. Yeah. And and she's no longer with us. So I think, you know, I, I'm grateful that I uh, got to be the the youngest child. And yeah. I think I had, a, we all had our different aches and pains. I always questioned why and right. how, and, and I didn't feed into, he sort of took us to, to different countries and, and put us in the middle of things where people didn't have much. And and my right. heart, my heart bled. I was right. the kid that my dad's like, go to the Peace Corps, go help the world. Cause wow. I wanted to do that. Great. I, yeah. So I had the, I had the bleeding heart syndrome and, and what could I do for everybody and anybody? And I, you know, I still do that a lot, but with boundaries a little more and yeah. it becomes, it becomes a lot. Yeah. And I was thinking there might be a pressure of like, we don't look good. You don't look good. Did that right. apply to you guys and your in family? Your family. Yeah, we all had it in our own ways. I took it uh, where, you know, when I was maybe still at El Rodeo, um, it turned for me, it would turn into the the food issue. Food comforted my soul. Mm-hmm. And so whatever was going on, because at some point, you know, things, my I, they got divorced at the age of seven. So mm-hmm. right around there, I found food to start to comfort me. Yeah. And at that point, my mom was was in her alcoholism kind of real, real, real. Right. <laughs> And, and, and it had been for a while. And at that point, my sister got into using drugs and alcohol to, right. for her, for her own, you know, relief. She was maybe 14 then. Uh, yeah, I was seven. She's five years older. She's 13, yeah. 14. Cause remember she got married at the age of 15 to Lucas. We remember. Yeah. Well, we both knew your sister and <laughs> yeah, we both really... knew you were friends. Yeah. Yes. And, and, no, feel you can 
You can I knew talk. your sister uh, for sure a little bit. Sure. And we both grew up with Luke and we both were in the same grade as Luca. And we remember clearly when, when they were engaged to get married, because I know that you guys, ha- she had to get her permission right from your parents. Oh age. yeah, no. Well, I mean, so it was like huge. It was, a, I, I mean, for me, I was just a little girl. Kind You're of a little like, girl. I was just sort of floating through the insanity, not realizing it was insanity. But, um, but then again, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, am I allowed to swear or not? Yes. It's, it's kind of fucking cool that, you know, I don't like to think inside the box, but yeah. I am very like a giving, I want to give, I want to help. And and we are born into, you know, this is how you do it. No, no, this is not how we do it. So I guess it started back then, whether you, we want to label it negative, positive, you know, it sure. happens. This is, this is how it kind of unrolled. And so she, prior to finding Luca, she asked my parents because she was modeling. And so she mm-hmm. wanted to move to New York. Yeah, very young. Yeah. So she got emancipated and nice. uh, she moved to New York and she was modeling. And I think at that point, you know, obviously started dabbling in drugs and alcohol and she started to become her, her own, you know, critic and yeah. worst, worst enemy. And uh, the battle, the good and the evil started to happen really, really, really young. Yeah. For people who don't know her, I mean, she did movies and she was modeling and modeling. she was just a gorgeous girl and really special in it. Ah, David. Yeah, she was. Wonderful person. In high school, you could tell she was really special and she was going to go on to do things. And it was just one of those people. She was so lovely. She was the one who, yeah, rocked in the room and the smile would show up. And she was kind and gave all of her stuff to anyone who needed it. And was, yeah, she was really, really, really lovely. And on the other hand, you know, she got sucked into the other side of what really could, I think, you know, there had to have been some mental illness along the way that wasn't diagnosed properly because then drugs and alcohol just exacerbated it. And, and, mm-hmm. and it really, yeah, she started so young. So it ended so young, you know? Exactly. And, uh, yeah. That must've been pretty hard for you when your sister takes off and your mom's in the midst of her alcoholism. Uh, yeah. I mean, that could have been that's, easy. That, you know, David, that's, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I had my brother Elon and my other brother David, but David mm-hmm. had some, some, some emotional issues where he kind of kept getting placed in different yeah. schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and look, my dad is who he is, did the best he could, but had to try to figure out no one tells us how to be a parent. Right. Nope. You know, nope. well, he must've had to spend a lot of time working and exactly. And, and on top so of he, that, he was doing a lot of charity stuff. It sounds like a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot and traveling. And so, and then my mom, obviously, you know, and God bless her. I love her. She's still alive. Um, <laughs> yes. She's, she's amazing. But at the time, you know, she, four kids married to yeah. this man, a big life, like that she needed, you know, her wine and, and vodka at the end of the day. And, and yeah. I don't hold that against her because I'm nine years sober from alcohol. Mm-hmm. Almost. Congrats. Thank you. So, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was what it was. I did have a nanny. I had too few nannies that, so I found this, this piece in, in that side of me that I always wanted to give and take care of. My nannies became like my saviors, my safety. Uh, they, they, they hugged me. They loved me unconditionally. Yeah. I, they saved me from this big world of stuff that was going on that I didn't really understand. And, and I kind of, I got it, but it wasn't, it wasn't for me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's lucky. Cause we've heard both kind of stories with people with nightmare nannies and. Oh yeah. No, no. Thank you. It, it, it thank was, God. The, 
yes, I, that's what I say all the time. And she knows because still Tisha and I talk and we I see each other. And close with her. Oh yeah. We see, yeah. we're trying to get together now and, and we just hug and we cry and cry. I mean, really, really, really a soul connection from yeah. probably many, many lifetimes ago. For or, sure. oh, that's great. Yeah. And so she, you know, I would, I would want to leave the, the big house on cold water mm-hmm. and I would want to go deep in the valley to like victory and, and Oxnard yeah. and in like a two bedroom apartment, you know, where 35 people lived. Where that you felt had, comfortable. Yeah. The rice <laughs> and the beans. And little did I know they're all like tequila and craziness <laughs> going on, but we were having, we were just having a blast and being kids. Yeah. And I got to, you know, I got to just be me and not be judged for this or that, or, you know, what I have yourself instead of Eden Sassoon. Yeah. 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 I think through this path, like that being said, I just want to know because through this path, I think I've always fought for that. Just let me be me. You can, your mind can attach to whatever you think that is, but I'm going to stay as true to me. And that's what I've always fought for. Who am I? But that's amazing that you knew it, that you felt inside yourself, at least questioning. And, I did, yeah. and, and through your journey, which we'll get to towards the end of what you're doing today, which I think all ties together of who mm-hmm. you are, of mm-hmm. all the questioning of who am I? I'm a good person. I want to give back. I don't know how I'm in this family. Who am I? And your journey is all the steps and levels that you took to get yes. to where you are today, wow. thank which you, is incredible. Thank you, thank, you. Yeah. thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. I just always, you know, I always, I always just question. I always had this idea, like, Okay, I don't, what is it? What is it? Yeah. What are we doing? Why are we here? This isn't it. This isn't it. This attachment isn't it. That's that behavior is not feeling right. This isn't, you know, so I, along the way, have always uh, searched, you know. Yeah. Well, keep yeah. searching and that's yeah, where you always you. find your answers. You know, we, we're never done. Right. But it's always the little girl inside going, huh, this isn't right. Right. Like, I want more. Right. So it's right. And in that positive way, like I want of more. Of course. Because- yeah, like I'm seeking. Who else? Yeah. I, I need to see more. Yeah, flying free. So yay, Eden. I love it. I love like being 48, and and I can, and obviously these are we're touching on parts of the story, and I know we're not even done talking, but <laughs> going back and telling a story, you're kind of like, wait, was that my life? <laughs> you know, right. like what? Because I'm I I could be like the the barefoot hippie, you know, running around in the dirt sitting, or you could take me to the Ritz on the beach. And I don't know. And I, exactly. and I might, but I'm happier when like, let's just, why, why do I, I don't need this. Let's sell it. I don't have to buy that. Let's, you know, but it's that process. Or I could, you know, we wear right. our party and love bracelets, but like, I don't want to be attached to those, you know? Yeah. Right. When you do do some of that work and, and I have, gone to you know gotten involved in the thirst project and that was really one of my really heart like sound things and I would go to Africa and I wanted to be in what are you doing what's going on where are Mm -hmm. these people what do they need and just take it in and when I left I really struggled with coming back back to this like how how was I born into this with all this and I had to take my jewelry off and like strip it away because I didn't feel right like how are they there and yet they're so happy yeah. With mm-hmm. so yes. little, just yeah. trying to get right. Just trying oh. to get water. Like, right. And be happy. And that was right. It. Yeah. I became friendly with the women in the village and like, we would laugh and they would show me, we'd, they'd be cooking on the dirt. Like here I am like thinking about it for them. It was come here, come here. We're going to have lunch right. and cutting chickens and heads off. And I'm like, wait, 
whoa, this is way too much information. <laughs> I'm not wow. going to eat that. Just, and being part of it. And, and then it was, the struggle was, all right, okay, this is, this is, I call it, it's not the game, but like, I'm yeah. in the game, you know, oh, I got to, yeah. yeah, I'm playing the game. All right. It so is. how are you going to go back to your term Beverly Hills life, having seen and knowing what you know, like really? How do you do it? <laughs> I, I try, exactly. I try to, only thing I can do is be as present as I possibly can. And on a day-to-day, try to give, be, and do of service for others as much as I can when it's called. And if it's one person during that day, if it's one conversation, if it's one reach out, if it's whatever that looks like, if it's 10, and right. I'm just at the end of the day, like, oh my God, I can't. I need it. You know, I, then I do it. Then I do it. And I know that the, it's like the bank deposit, you know, I'm going to, yeah. okay. I'll do as much as I can to sort of in my mind, this is my game that I have to play. Unless you want to get rid of it all and move to Africa and be one with, with that land and those people, mm-hmm. which I am, but from afar, yeah. Um, then do it. Otherwise, this is your game and yeah. you, you figure out how you want to play it. Exactly. Right. Exact. Figure it how you, you want to play it. I love that. I love that. What was your high school experience like? Yeah. You didn't, did you go to Beverly High? I did. I went to Beverly. I graduated in 91. I left. So ninth and 10th grade. So you guys, I think you graduated right by the time I got there. Yeah, we were 84. Yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun. I remember going away. Well, here. Okay. So I, eighth grade graduation. Dad's like, yeah. get, a couple, get a couple of friends. We're going to take you to Hawaii. So I picked my two best friends. We went to Hawaii. Uh, meanwhile, you know, the four school dance. Already yep. all, yeah. So we're all like, <laughs> and you're all sort of, I remember I'm friends with everybody, but like yeah. still considered like, oh, there's Eden. Like, I don't even know what that means, but I was, I made sure that I was friends with, I'm friendly. Like who, I don't, I don't understand. Um, but so some of us went and our, on our trip and it was like, Oh, Eden, Steph and Michelle are all going to Hawaii and Eden's dad's taking them. And I'm like, yeah, we're cool. We're leaving. We come back. <laughs> who shows up at the airport? My sister and my boyfriend, <laughs> Ragnar. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got Ragnar. Cause each girl went at Hawthorne and one at BV. We all wanted Ragnar. Well, who got him? I did. Okay. But my sister picks me up at the airport with Ragnar. Now oh, I'm not boy. a, thank you. I'm not a dummy. I nope. know exactly what happened when I walked off and looked at that. And I'm like, oh, <gasps> oh my God. This oh. Poor, oh, so, so that we slept at my sister's house that night. And who, who puts these poor kids in, in a crazy house with a bunch of, oh my God, it was crazy. And sure wow. enough, I was right. She de-organized my boyfriend, and this was the start <laughs> of my high school career. She was a lot older than him, right? Yeah. Oh, come on. She knew. She knew. <laughs> oh my God! I love right, it. right, and and that was it. We had summer school the next day, and my heart was go. a little broken from my sister and my boyfriend. And you can imagine how high school started. So there you it, go, Eden. Welcome yep. to Beverly High. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> And what did you do in Beverly High? Did you do drama or did you hang out? Like what? You, I like, womanized all you, the men. You were all over the, <laughs> the, the senior, all over those football seniors. Yeah, well, because that was my brother's year, so I couldn't because oh. I was Elon's little sister. Oh, so I 
We had I brought it down conflict. a couple grades. Yeah, because they were my buddies. They like yeah. raised me, you know. So, but all my girlfriends got all the seniors because they weren't their buddies. But we they got Elon's sister. No, right. So all the boys <laughs> were like, "Oh, I'll take that one and this one, Eden, and this one." So I kind of like got to play all worlds and, and magic, and we showed up at the parties. And Fun. David Bino was like, "I want Maggie." I'm like, "Come on, Matt, I'd make it happen." <laughs> you know? I would make it happen. And it, it was, sounds and like it was my fun. high school was more like yours. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did you have some ideas of what you do after high school or you were just enjoying that time? God, You know, I had this idea. I really thought I wanted to be married with like three kids at 25. There you yeah. go. How long did that last? <laughs> well, that's basically, that's what your sister did, right? right. Oh, she was a little uh, older yeah. when she got married. She, no, for this no, she, when she had kids not this, the first time i was gonna say like wait she got married at 15 then she got married <laughs> she had three three husbands yeah and mm-hmm. and london with the second one and the twins with the third yeah okay. um yeah and then she i mean she did all of that and died at 34 it's unbelievable i mean and her she, yeah she i mean you know she did it all she just she really she, did she did it all and and I, I, God, I didn't know. I did know that I, I had this um, way with people uh, and a way with the way that I felt about things. So I just wanted, to, and I always asked why. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to study psychology. I wanted to understand why we do and act the way we do. Right. So I did. And then I thought, wait, what am I? I do not want to be sitting in these chairs. I kind of do it anyway. Talking to people. <laughs> Right. <laughs> About their problems all day long, over and over and over again. Meanwhile, of course, I end up in AA. I'm like, what the fuck are all these people talking about? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> here it led to, dad would always say, well, go do something. Do something for someone else and it'll take you out of your, I mean, he didn't say take you out of your own shit. I, you know. I like the addition, but he was Thank right. you. Thank you. Like, yeah. just get out, get out. Of, this isn't about you. Right. Don't do something for this large world and everyone is suffering in their own way. So I kind of, I had to come from the understanding of why and, and the people and why I act the way I have to respond and why I grew up with this broken heart syndrome. And then my sister and the boys and more boys yeah. and more boys. And then the, when the boys weren't filling the hole, the alcohol started to fill in the yeah. hole. And when the alcohol wasn't filling the hole, I'd find another boy to fill the hole, you know, right. kind of, or food. Yeah, um, whatever it is. Did you start yeah. working on this early? Were you going to therapy while you were in high school? Oh, or you st- my God. They put me in therapy. I think I was in elementary school. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't know how to talk back then. I yeah. just felt the, I felt the pain and it hurt. And that's why the food and the alcohol and everything were, were able to release some of it because I, I couldn't get it out. I couldn't energetically shift right. it. I, I wasn't able to, to use all the, the, the amazing things that we can now today or when I, as I started to get older to understand the power of things outside of myself to shift that energy. Mm-hmm. So then I just, you sit on the couch and you try to talk. So I would go in after a night of crying. And this was because mom would be um, really intoxicated and it would just hurt. And I would go in thinking, oh my God, tomorrow he gets to talk. He's going to listen. He's going to listen. He's going to listen. And I'd get on the couch. Silent. Mm. Wouldn't Mm -hmm. say a thing. I felt like someone's hand was choking me and I couldn't talk. So hard. It just was. So so then I decided as I got into my late teens, I was, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to get all this stuff out and I'm going to be an actress. I live in LA. What the, are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't about being an actress. 
it was about finding that voice, voice and how to release it. So I started taking acting classes to find my voice. Did that help? Like, did you, that's, that started your journey to your voice and yes. And, and to get outside and why I have these thoughts and why I'm so trapped. Well, so the idea was then, so here's like, first of the idea was, all right, you're going to play another character. So you're not feeling the pain of your own shit. Oh, right. Yeah. And you're going to learn that. And then I was like, wait, I'm not good at that. I, I can't be that person when I don't even know how to be myself. Right. So I started to internalize it and like, okay, just get it out. Get whatever this is out. Like, forget this, forget the acting idea. Yeah. I couldn't do it. But if there's a, if there was something I had to do or Meisner technique, really being in the moment with someone else, it really started to uh, unload what was in me. Cause it wasn't me being in this moment with you yeah. and you and talking yeah, to you. Yeah, it, of was, course. it was the past. It was the last 20 years, right? Sure. I'm kind of on the same journey also. Mm-hmm. And found myself I'm 55 I finally say I'm 55 I'm finally alive like it's all coming together now that's a powerful number it is and I I love it yeah and how did you start like you're you're young still and you're finishing therapy you're not acting did you write did you dance did you I wrote and I have all my journals on my shelf over there and I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote I hate to say like, I, 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 it's the truth. I was deeper than a lot of the people that I, you know, spent my many years growing up with. Um, and so this, like the, the pen and the paper and the heartache, and I would find, you know, it started to become that the the pain was my happy. Right. Mm. I I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, this is who I am, but you're fucking, I'm sorry. You're actually the opposite. Right. But your brain of what you're acting. Right. And so the brain doesn't know it. So the brain's right. trying to protect you. And you're like, this is my happy. No, 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 no. Hold on. This is backwards. Right. Um, Eden, these journals sound like they'd make an amazing book. Is that something oh that you want to do? God, a book, a book, a book. The journals, if we could just turn the journals, like mush them and mash them into one book, it would. It would be a, a, a maybe a tearjerker. I always think of it as like young girl who's looking for love and all of her heart comes out over the years in these journals about her experience, but she she never quite finds it because she just sort of misses the mark. Mm. Um, and and yeah, I think, you know what I think it would be? Because dating nowadays with all these apps and, and I'm the first one to admit I'm on two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's very few. Um, it, there's such like a, uh, I, I hate to say it, there's, there's a process, there's a game, there's a way you do it. Yeah. So maybe in these journals, there's this like raw vulnerability that could actually help and teach people. I don't know. I think your life story can teach people. It's just fasc- <laughs> fascinating anyway. I, mean, I agree. <laughs> teach people what not to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Or what to ultimately do. <laughs> right. Right. Not to do, but keep waiting. Yeah. Right. right. Keep going. <laughs> Next funny. book. I think you should do it. I'll, I'll help you with it. Okay, fine. Done. I love it. I love it. And then you also had um, hair salons and Pilates studios. What what was happening with that? When did you get started with that? The hair salon, it was, I was actually working on before when my father was... Uh, in his final years, he kind of, my dad always questioned me like, Oh, so, so now what? So what are you <laughs> going to do with your life? So now what? And I was thinking the first time was the Pilates studio. I went over and it, this is actually really interesting. If you think about it from the respect, like, okay, so he has said, can you come over and talk? And of course he's in his robe and he's having his tea. And I'm like, Oh shit, what does he want to talk about? I'm in right. trouble. I just had kids. I just, you know, 
wedding and went right into kids. And I'm like, okay, I'm a mom. And he, and he sat me down. He's like, so what are you going to do with your life? Okay. And I, mm-hmm. well, I thought, what is he talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm busy here. I got a lot of <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay. So I thought being a mom was enough, you know, just, right. I, I just didn't understand that yet. And I left that morning thinking, holy, he's right. What am I, what am I doing? Like this, this can't be just it. Me right. having these two kids and somewhat, I mean, at the time before I got divorced, I was miserable. Um, to be honest, I was miserable. And so I really thought like, holy shit, what am I going to do with myself? What do I like? Went back to that question. Who am I? What can I offer to people? Um, and Pilates was, was it at the time and, and open these, the first studio. And it was incredible. It was really paying what I did on a daily basis and what brought me so much joy forward to other women. Yeah. You could see that like attract like. Men can do Pilates. Yes, men too. But these women would 100%. That's how I got into it. My dad. Yeah. Yeah. He brought me there and and it really just stuck. And they've been in Pilates since the 70s, your parents, weren't they? Like since it started? Since, yes. The way, way, way beginning. And, you know, yeah. a, man, a man created, started Pilates, which is yeah. a really interesting story. Yeah. So I think. You know, he, him asking me these deep questions that I continue to ask myself when he was passing, he again, and okay, so back to that morning tea. At that point, he knew that he was dying. I didn't. He didn't tell me that he had, that he had cancer yet. And so he was asking this question, like, what are you going to do with life? It's short, you know, at some point, this, that, the other. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it until I put the dates together when he told me that he was sick, that when he got sick. Um, that, oh my God, he was asking from a father who, who has literally a death sentence. Yeah. Like a certain. He wanted to make sure that you were in a good place. You were going to be okay. Yeah. And that my mind was thinking and that, shh, ooh, see, he's listening. (laughs) Thanks, dad. (laughs) Hey, dad. (laughs) Come here, Gracie. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Come here. That's Um, true. That's a sign. Yeah, for sure. And he loved his dogs. So then the salon came about where it was really like... Uh, you know, I, it wasn't till there was that other next question, like, what are you going to do? And me asking, mm-hmm. okay, who am I? Okay. I was actually getting my hair blow dried at one of these small shops. And I said, wow. Okay. I am my father's daughter. He is mm-hmm. passing on. Maybe I, I sort of run with this legacy in this industry as I'm blow drying my hair and thinking these, all these blow dry bars are coming out. Yeah ding 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 maybe you need to you know get in on that but make it more of a full service um sassoon through the daughter's eyes and yeah. not, not you know the a grade well you know sassoon as in as in vidal so i started to create that and i thought you know it was it was a wonderful idea and it would have been a wonderful idea and i learned exactly what not to do in the business um, yeah. and how the business really runs and all the, the red tape and just, it's, it's, it's insanity yeah. and wonderful to have seen. But then I was, I was in therapy and, and she said, well, tell me about these, so this salon. And I was, and I just started to cry and mm. she's oh, like, wow. Oh, so this, you miss your dad. And she said, you know, it's very, mm. very careful. You have to be very careful wh- why you choose to carry on a legacy. Wow. Yeah. And I said, oh, whoa. I got, I got chills. Right. Like literally. And I was like, oh my God, 
She goes, I, I don't think your father's legacy needs needs to be carried on. And is this really who you are? Wow. And I'm like, no, get me out of here. No, you know, because it was really like fighting all those years. I'm like, I want my dad back. Let me get into these hairdressers who who love and respect and honor him and and sort of teach them what he taught me. Like, what? No, right. no, let's, and it was a great seven years, but, and a big financial loss, which I was obviously willing to take to learn my yeah. lesson, but it was, um, it was exactly what it was, but I was ready. I think three years prior to closing or selling to, to sell. Yeah. Yeah. It was a more of an emotional experience and, 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 uh, and of course the financial loss comes with it. If you're depending on why you're, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. And how much have you grown from that positive yet negative or positive experience? You know, I love that that question because I think everything is obviously an experience and a lesson. And I really try not to take them as negatives. I just don't. I mean, yeah, it's at times I'm like, oh, I wish I could have, I would have had this much more. But like, just that that'll that'll kill us, right? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, just the thought alone and the stress. And so I just let all that go. I always think it's like intentions, you know, like you had good intentions and yeah. you, you know, it didn't yeah. work out, but not because you didn't have good intentions. It's right, right. And that's the same thing where I know, I, I kind of know where you're going to go with this conversation, but you know, <laughs> what's your why and what do you, how are you stepping into this? And, and, and when and if it's over, which is the right. process of life, um, you know, your intention. And, and yes, it was an amazing, incredible, fun intention. And I know there are thousands of people that I did touch their life throughout those, you know, seven years that I was directly in the industry. So I, I did, I did a, I can give me a little bit of a pat on the back. And I hate, I hate that. I hate when people pat you on the back, but I'm going to go right <laughs> Well, at least you patted yourself. Right? And, and, and the good news is that you did accomplish a lot and you did that and you're proud of yourself. And that's really you take your lessons and keep moving forward, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, I de- definitely. So during those years, also, you had a different venture that you went on to reality television as a housewife of Beverly Hills. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I am a huge fan. And oh. obviously, I watched you all the time. And I love the housewives. But Eden, what <laughs> were you doing on the show? <laughs> oh my god i okay originally i thought like okay someone someone brought this to my attention then that someone josh flag threw me in the water with the bravo and then it sort of panned out to where i was the last one standing and i was like you know what again here's something that shows up do just go go with it and let, let let the dice roll where they where they roll and holy i i believe Actually, I know for a fact that it was just another lesson to be learned, but this yeah. happened to be a quick, fast, intense lesson of my entire life rolled up into one season of these chaotic women for yeah. me to emotionally figure out who the fuck I really am. So really all your shit came out on this one season. Everything yeah. got re- reignited yeah. and having to deal with these, the lovely ladies of the Valley. I mean, Love Beverly Hills. <laughs> Don't forget housewife. Um, oh, housewife. Right. Yeah, everything about this show kind of bothers me. That the housewives, the real. 
Every everything's right? a misnomer. But Eden was what the only real one, I have to admit, because she's the only you were actually the only one that spoke uh, the truth. Well, also the only one that was raised in Beverly Hills. Yeah. That's we know that to be the fact. <laughs> and the only one who I mean, I wasn't a housewife. No, I don't no. know if I ever have been one. I think in my next life I'd like to try. Yeah. I don't think anybody is. I mean, a housewife is such a ridiculous term and there's you know, husbands who stay Andy. home. There's women who stay home with kids, but it's it is a it is completely a it's it's, it's not a fair term. No. But overall, I did love seeing you on the show. I was always asking myself, how is this awesome girl doing Pilates and growing and doing all this stuff, dealing with these girls? But you did. I, well, I don't know if I, I did. There was a lot of stuff that they did cut out because they needed to, yeah. me to be one way. And so like I did, I did in my way handle and I brought openness and they sort of were like, what is she, what is she saying? Yeah. What is she talking about? Why is she always giving us gifts? Why does she give so many hugs? Like, who is this person? <laughs> and I'm like, why are all these people so fucking crazy? And why do when we go everywhere, is there so much drama? And when that drama would come up, which was always, always, yeah. I would start to go like this and my heart would start to, go like this and my mouth would start to shh and I was fro frozen literally mm. frozen there was a there was a, an event that they had an event a party down by the beach and it was the uh the whatchamacallit theme totally spacing um uh Gatsby okay. and it was in the beginning and and the the direct the producers came up they're like listen the camera knows what you're thinking I can see it it's all over your face I'm like well good for you they're like you need to say it and I'm like no fucking way it's inappropriate like yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i didn't because right. I, the the other eden who like could i could i can cut throat would have and could you know it but that's real and i don't go to yeah. those places and so am i playing a game or am i really about to you know so i just i just kind of made my way through you know whatever storm that was do you feel like the other women on the show are being traumatized? Like they're always coming up with new dramas in their life? Look, I studied psychology. You have to be, I don't know what the word is nowadays, psychotic to be able to go in, in and out of reality like that and really play yeah. or a really good actress to mm -hmm. think that you're, yeah, I think they're traumatized for sure. There's no way you can't be. There's no way you can't be. And you were outspoken bringing up some of their addiction problems. Yeah. I Well, that's because it's, you know, me, I'm very tr truthful she to was. my life. <laughs> and I really was coming from this caring place because totally. there was this pet history with Kim and my sister. And I had this like little girl, like, oh my God, I remember her. It was so, she was like that to me, like exciting. And then she's mm -hmm. just, just like, I hate to say it because it's mean, but she was like a trolley thing. She was negative yeah. and, and uh -huh. heavy and didn't, didn't, care or thought that I was coming at her in a way, ah, who knows? Poor woman. It was weird because especially I, I found a picture of Katya and Kim in, a, in their movie together. And it's interesting that you had that history that your sister and Kyle's sister, you know, did a movie yeah. together, grew up in the same time together, probably were friends and knew each other. And your concerns were 100% valid. So... I just think, you know, and it all kind of came back energetically yeah. together. And I remember her from them. Yeah, it was her. It, it was. And I really, really tried. Like, I have I have a thing with soda. And so she kept drinking Coca-Cola at these events. And I would be like, do you want me to bring you some water? <laughs> <laughs> and like helping her try to get down the stairs like she was this old lady. But I wasn't. I was literally just like, I don't know. That's the caretaker in me. When I really yeah. should have just been like, you know what? 
Eden, stop. Let her, right. yeah. But Do her own thing. Is that kind of how you felt found your voice for being this great advocate for sobriety? Or you were already doing a lot of that before? Oh, no, I've been doing it before. Since, yeah, since I got <laughs> since I got sober, I was like, God, if I could do this, you know, we could we could let me let me just try to. Well, I guess I at some point when I did find this voice, you guys coming from that quiet, shy little girl who wouldn't talk yeah. in therapy. It was on. It's like game on. All right. Now what? Yeah. So I, I, there wasn't a way for me to be. Sometimes I say, "Okay, Eden, shush, shush, stop, don't, don't engage." Yeah. Okay. You know? Well, that's that's not you. <laughs> you can engage, right? <laughs> I think it's like, what the fuck? We've got this one life, and if it if if it's a positive, and sometimes passion or these deep interests of mine turn into like, what is wrong with this woman? She's very, but but I can't help it. It's like, yeah. People who helped change the world, they were not quiet. No. Take it on a very small scale, like smoking. I'll walk up to someone before they smoke, because I smoked, and I'll get in their face and I'll be like, wait, hold on, hold on. Before you light that cigarette, give me three good reasons. Three good reasons why you want to smoke that cigarette. Because we Mm -hmm. do things so just like, we don't even think about it. So they're like, oh, shit. And you really can't, I mean, unless you come off with like, oh, I just whatever, feel like yeah, it, they give me three good reasons. And then they look at me like, really, really? You just had to ruin my moment of joy. <laughs> and I guarantee you by that night, they're thinking, who is that crazy lady who is tapping into my subconscious? I don't want to smoke this cigarette. I really don't want to smoke this cigarette. This cigarette's going to kill me. And that, you know, and so I just, I think, I don't know. I like those moments of getting into somebody's like, wait, only because I need someone to do that for me. Right. I was going to say that. And it's kind of cool that you can do that because you kind of are harping on people, but also bringing aware awareness. Right, right. And saying maybe you can change your life. Maybe there's a better way to look at this. Maybe right. you don't need to light up today or take the drink or do something and let's try to find love and let's move forward into a better light. Right. And and, and I will be the first one to say that I could maybe come at it w- without um, that Tiger, tiger in me, but like I just haven't found that lack of tough love place yet. <laughs> I totally relate because <laughs> I have the tiger and my communication skills. I have to constantly calm. Right. Another thing that I've heard you talk about and that you're really real about is plastic surgery, which of course uh, is so prevalent in Beverly uh, Hills and all over the country. Yeah, all over the world, Hi, Dubai, like people everywhere, 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 everywhere. And it's interesting because obviously we, you know, doctors will travel um, for the dollar, smart yeah. men um, and women. But of course, we have some of the best doctors here. So people think we just wake up looking like this, you know, and I'm the first one to be like, no, we don't. It's mm-hmm. yes, it's a lot of hard work to to be physically fit, to choose the right foods, to really just work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, if there is something that, you know, you want to look a certain way, but you can't achieve those results, then you're going to have to cut and snip. You yeah. just are. Yeah. And so I had breast implants. I removed them, you know, 20 some odd years later because I had because I had to. But then I got to the question I brought up and I and I speak awareness into why do we choose to have the breast implant? Why do we always feel like we're not enough? So I'll be the first one to then be like, I did this, but then I did this. Or now I'm ready for a facelift, watch the whole thing. And I'm so grateful I got it. But when will it ever be enough to say I'm okay as is? And maybe it won't be. I don't know. But I'll share my experience. I love your honesty. 
Well, I think that's what's so cool about you. you is that like you have this kind of holistic attitude, but then you embrace some things that are are not so natural I, and you, yeah. you pick and choose. And it's, um, it's kind of a modern way of looking at yeah. everything. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you know, people will heart, well, you said this, this, and this, but you'll put Botox. I said, I didn't say I wouldn't put, you know, right. Botox in my face. I just am yeah. telling you, this is what I don't do. And this is what I did do. You go ahead and judge. Do Right. You do you. I'm right. doing me. Right. And I'm going to share my truth for whoever, you know, I think that's a better lifestyle model for people it's like well you don't have to be strictly this or that and, right you know. right and I guess that's the that's the it's not like oh let me keep sharing things because I'm sharing like look I I don't do certain things and I do do certain things and if you guys want to know and some people like literally some people are just like I've gotten because when I did do the the facelift oh my god I think that plastic surgery people just gravitate and gravitate and want to know more and see more and have questions and even men would reach out to me and they're yeah. like I didn't share this but you really I mean this one man is like I'll pay it forward and you know tell someone else about I mean I think okay ding ding people just are afraid are they're afraid yeah and so here comes this voice of like hey you can do it this or that or this or that and they just tap into that um that sort of light, that light uh, energy that is like, no, no, it's okay, whether it's this way or that way. Yeah. And that's acceptance also. It's accepting you as you and you can do what you want. Someone else can do what they want. And you can, and let's not judge. Let's right. just allow me to be me and you to be you. And let's get on with this thing called right. life. <laughs> and exactly. And if you do judge, then there, there's something else for you to look at because we all have that right. sort of defaults at times. Oh, wait, but I'm judging. Okay, I'm going to be aware of it. And then maybe, yeah. yeah, so. And you know what, people, I'm the perfect person to judge. So have at it. I don't give a shit. Right. That's your shit, not mine. Right. Right. Well, yeah. I like that. It's a perfect way to be. And then nowadays, you are, are we on nowadays? Nowadays. Now, are, we always on, <laughs> are we always on nowadays? Yeah, nowadays, I love what you're doing. And I love your Redeem Yourself podcast. Uh, tell, tell us how that came about. Thank you, sweetheart. Um, I met Jared. He is such an incredible young man, like a soul brother. I met him on Clubhouse. And God, I haven't been there for so long. It was almost like after I met Jared on Clubhouse, I, I haven't gone back, which is... <laughs> So all you, all you needed clubhouse right? for was that was Jared. your reason to find that was them. your reason kind of it was what an, I mean that was an amazing experience clubhouse but um a big world in itself so we just met in a sobriety room and in that room we he asked me the way that we like sort of were talking and looking at each other's Instagram and I found him in this hoodie that I loved and I have this obsession with hoodies and wearing your truth and so. I was like, oh, I'll support him. I'll get this hoodie. I love it. And that turned into, hey, if you need anything, I'm here for you. And usually I'm like, I don't need anything from anybody and I'm not going to ask, but thank you. Right. And the next morning I woke up and I was like, you know what? I do need something from this young, sweet, kind soul. And I reached out and it just from one step to the next to the next has created this magical experience between the two of us. And then I was like, you know what? We have these great conversations and we're both sober and we kind of are funny and a hot mess and so truthful that you are like, wait, did they just say that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that we just turned it into like, let's go live. And it's fabulous too. And you learn a lot about it. You learn about addiction. I learned a lot about one of your guests, you know, a DJ that was in the, in jail and <sighs> what a story he has. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Wow. What a story he has. And, and then along the way, like, 
I mean, a lot of, uh, I don't know if you saw Damon Elliott and what he's yeah. doing and he brought so much that night. And, and it's all like last, it's, we never, there's not too much prep or any for that matter. Cause you know me. <laughs> I saw you walking from the restaurant to the Oh, in pool. Mexico? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's like life. Like why prep for life? And why not just live? And we kind of just do that and it works out magically. And we'll see, we'll see how that, you know. Well, it's, it's fabulous and and luckily it helps others so your message well, is good and thank that's you. what's important people write like are we going to get our daily dose of therapy tonight i'm like haha that's funny if this is therapy <laughs> then <laughs> i don't know what <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and i'm doing my job i'll tell you that for sure uh, right oh my god it's great it's really fun we love it we love it we love it and we love talking to you eden this was just an honor you guys are amazing. And I, I think that, you, I mean, I'd be honored and happy to one day like co-host with each of you to get the other person's story, because I think it's so important to really know, know where you're, who you're talking to and what they, their kind of fruits and where they came from. You know, I, that's a great idea. We like that. We love you so much. We we're going to, we're going to take you up on that because I would, I, I would love to be interviewed by Eden Sassoon. Oh my God. That's just <laughs> Maybe we'll get some tears. I don't know. We'll just have fun with it. <laughs> it's a big story. We'll do it, Eden. All right. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, Eden, thank you. Oh, and also thank you for everything. And uh, thanks for, um, I was going to try to do an Eden Alpert. Oh my God. Can we talk about Eden Alpert? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk really quickly about our dearest, dearest friend, Eden Alpert and our growing up Beverly Hills fan. Eden, uh a big supporter of the show. We want to support her back. Yes. And we want everybody to go eat at Vibrato and listen to their amazing music. Oh my God. They're back live. Make sure you talk to Eden. Say, Eden, I heard Eden and they were talking because we always do the double E. Yeah. She's, yeah. Just, she's just an incredible, smart, savvy, kind oh. soul. Yeah. Her restaurant is Vibrato Grill Jazz. It's on Yummy. the top of Beverly Glen in the Glen Center. And you can make reservations at their website and at resi.com. Yay! Let's go to Vibrato. Yep. And when you're, we're coming to Palm Springs to visit you. And when you're in town, you're coming and we're all going to Vibrato. I can't yeah. wait. Let's do mm -hmm. it. Well, this okay. is the best, Eden. We love you. Love I'm you so guys. glad to, to talk to you and get to know you better. And Thank you so much. We love you that you were on Growing Up Beverly Hills. Yay! <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support. Please join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Instagram. If you or somebody you know would make a good guess, let us know. We're looking to tell every type of story. If you haven't done it already, be sure to give us five stars and write us a review. So suicide has personally affected my life. And we like to mention at the end of our show that there is help for everybody out there. You know, I think everybody's going through a tough time now and we don't want anybody to take their lives. Especially during this COVID situation, uh, we've all been experiencing depression and hard times. Things can always get better. Everything bad now can get better. Everything can get better, and there is a lot of help out there. So please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. There is always help. It doesn't hurt to call, so do that. You don't have to do this alone. There's always help.